cannot play with madness. Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Carling Black Label. The perfect pick-me-up point after a failed speech. Also good with lime. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I like their music, and I like it now, but it's good to compare how I feel about the songs today compared to how I felt in the 1980s. This week, I'm looking at the song, Can I Play With Madness, which is track three on the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son album. Last week, I looked at Infinite Dreams, which was track two, of course, and still is, and had some feedback. I mentioned a comment from someone called Brucey Babe last week, and how she said that I was being a bit mean to Bruce. And I find out that once again, I've got it wrong, because I thought it was a woman back in the Number of the Beast episode. In fact, Brucey Babe is a man, so... Once again, I apologise for this. I forgot because of your name and, and your profile picture. So it's confusing. Now, I mentioned last week that Infinite Dreams is unusual because the title is the first words in the song. And this hasn't happened before. And I wondered if it was going to happen again. And I had a message from Charlotte the Harlot laughing at me, saying, of course it happens again. It's going to happen next week in the episode Can I Play With Madness? So they clearly think that it's worth making fun of me about. But... I don't really class that opening thing, which I'll talk about in a minute, that opening Can I Play With Madness, as actual lyrics of the song. But I suppose they are really. So maybe I should have noticed that when I mentioned it last week. More importantly, there was positive feedback about crab pay sandwiches, which was featured in Adrian Smith's children's book. Here are some of the quotes I received. A triumph. A victory for fans of crab paste and sandwiches. Effortlessly depicted the mundane. The best thing involving Yannick since 2003. These are all great comments, although I think the last one's a bit harsh on Yannick. I had Melissa from Metal Chat Podcast say, is crab paste like crab pate? And I'd say that crab pate is posher. Uh, It's the sort of thing you get as a starter at a Bernie Inn. Um, But yeah, they're not really similar. Crab paste is a bit thinner and yeah, maybe cheaper as well. Don McIntyre joined in on this passionate and often emotional discussion and he explained that crab paste is very old school and the sort of thing you'd expect a maiden aunt to to eat on a Sunday afternoon with weak milky tea. So that was a good description and similar to how Adrian depicted it in his book because Yannick also drank some milky weak tea. So clearly that's a thing. You may remember that when Adrian launched his fishing book we had a pandemic and sales of fishing tackle went up Now, some people think it was because of the pandemic, but I believe that Adrian Smith has got a good influence in society and his book influenced this. In the same way, I believe that crab paste sales went up last week as a result of him using it in his children's book. So well done, Adrian. As we've established with some of the feedback, this song, Can I Play With Madness, starts with a vocal only. And I did this at the start of the episode. Can I play with madness? Now, they haven't opened a song with just a vocal in this way before. This vocal-only thing is called an a cappella, and it's used by bands like the Flying Picket. In this case, there's two vocal harmonies put on top of each other. Here's Bruce doing it. Can I play with madness? I think it's strange that they start it like this, 
If they play the song live though, it's a nice sudden intro to make the fans cheer and then join in. However, in the history of Iron Maiden, nobody at a gig has been able to join in with the first can because it takes you by surprise and our instincts aren't quick enough. Can I play with madness? See, if you tried to sing along then, you probably ended up joining in at the word play. You weren't quick enough. I fooled you. It opens with this nice traditional sound that's good for long-term fans, as well as quite accessible for the radio, and it was released as a single. I think the lyrics are also good in that they're a bit like Bruce's slightly odd lyrics that you're used to, but they're not full of clever references, so you can probably work out what the song's about, but you can also add your own interpretation. When I first saw this song, I noticed it was written by Smith, Harris and Dickinson and this disappointed me because at this point it only happened once before and this was on the song Die With Your Boots On which I didn't like. Normally there's just one or two songwriters uh, and I was worried that in Die With Your Boots On the song suffered because there's too many people involved and you may remember that I agonised over the contradiction of the well-known saying many hands make light work and too many cooks spoil the broth. I still agonise over this and I believe these songs don't help in that. Luckily, I think this is better than Die With Your Boots On. The first verse starts off with the lines, Give me the sense to wonder, to wonder if I am free. Give me the sense to wonder, to wonder if I'm free. And this shows that he's got the ability to think and have these emotions. And it's similar to Infinite Dreams, where he celebrates the fact that he can speculate and think about life's questions. Then he says, Give me the strength to hold my head up. This is good advice for us all, because in the wake of anything, we can hold our head up and feel strong about what we can do. It's quite inspirational, very useful to me at the age of 10 in my final year at junior school when I was confronted by naughty boys and girls. I was given the strength to hold my head up by these lyrics. However, the next line says, spit back in their face. This is a bit aggressive for me. I didn't do this because spitting wasn't allowed. Today, spitting is a physical assault. So I'm disappointed that Bruce maybe condoned such offences. I never spat back if I was teased by Thomas Spencer. I might tell him I was disappointed in his behaviour and threatened to tell his mum. I got this tip from the Osborne book of Growing Up. This was a useful guide for the next few years. I used to like reading it and learning about how to deal with spots and calculating how tall I'd be after puberty and looking at pictures of pubic hair. The first verse ends with the line, going to break down the walls, break out of this bad place. I know that Bruce wasn't talking about my primary school here, but it felt good to sing along to this bit, pretending I was singing it to the teachers in the staff room, looking at their surprised faces. I've had this vision in workplace conditions as well as an adult. When I look at these lyrics as an adult though, I wonder if he wants to escape from a physical place or whether it's actually a state of mind he wants to break out of. I wouldn't have thought this as a boy. Then we get the catchy chorus, where he says the title of the song, which is Can I Play With Madness? This is a strange title. It's not a phrase that you'd use in conversation, unless you said, do you like the song Can I Play With Madness by Iron Maiden? If you don't know much about the band, you might think maybe there was a board game called Madness, but it isn't about this. I used to use the song to ask my mum if I could play with friends, 
So I'd ask her if I could go and play with people, singing the song, but adding their name in instead of the word madness. Now I've already sang enough on this episode, and in the series, according to some people. So what I've done is, I've got some other people to sing what I might have sang to my mum if I wanted to go and play with Trevor. Can I play with Trevor? I want to play with his Now that was the Stetford Male Voice Choir, of course. I'm very grateful to them for coming back on the show. You may be disappointed that it ended so quickly, but my mum said yes before I had the chance to think of a second bit to the song, which was quite lucky, really. I used to deliberately have friends with two syllables in their first name just so it could fit to this song. Michael Patterson, for example, would be Can I Play With Michael? I even went to Thomas Spencer's house once, so I'd sing to my mum asking if I could play with these boys to the tune. I eventually grew out of this phase, of course, because I felt that I was being unfair to boys or girls with more than two syllables in their name. For example, William Taxi Slater. I think I was right with him, though, because if I shortened his name to two syllables, I realised this would be an inappropriate thing to sing, especially to my mum. So can I play with madness actually means madness can be played with, I think. The chorus also talks about a prophet who sees nothing in his crystal ball when asked. I'll come back to that in a bit. The second verse then talks about Bruce, or the character in the concept album, questioning this prophet. So the crystal ball reference in the chorus might make you think of a prophet, one of those hooded figures in a tent where you pay them £5 and they tell you that you know someone called John and some jewellery in your mum's dressing table. But in this verse, it sounds like Bruce's questions are about religion. So this prophet might be like a religious prophet. So I think, can I play with madness? It's about these figures of authority who make us question things, maybe play with our minds, stating the no things when they don't have any proof. And this, this is summed up with Bruce's lyrics. I said, don't lie, don't say you don't know. And the, the fact that he says his soul's going to burn in a lake of fire, which is sort of similar to what some priests might say. Like, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe. I don't know if it's explicitly about this, because again, you could interpret it in a few ways. But they're mock evangelists in Holy Smoke, which comes later. And, and it could be also mocking others who claim they know things like those clairvoyants, as we'll see later in the album. Those men who perform on stage and claim they see dead people. You know, those ones with the silver mullets. Bruce's response to this is quite strange. He says, you'll pay for this mischief. Which seems a strange thing to say if you're angry with somebody. And I think they've used the term mischief deliberately. I knew the word mischief because of Mr. Mischief, one of the Mr. Men. It's well known that at this stage, this was the 11th different Mr. Man surname used in an Iron Maiden lyric. Now I know there's people who are quite passionate about this, who argue that you can't count Mr. Jelly in the list because the line in Two Minutes to Midnight is jellied brains. But because he says jelly in that phrase, jellied brains, people count that. Whereas they don't count Mr. Greedy when he says greed in Wrathchild because that's not allowed. So those are the rules. But yeah, mischief, another example of a Mr. Man used in a lyric. We'll see more of those another day. See, I don't know whose idea this was, but uh, they've had at least two on every album since Bruce joined. So I think this is Bruce's idea. It's like a cheeky reference. So yeah, now you know about it. Look out for it. Right? Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. April 1988 
Well, can I play Madness, our first single? That's gone down well. Well happy getting to number four in the chart in the first week. It was originally a ballad from Adrian called On the Wings of Eagles. It was terrible. Almost as bad as some of Bruce's efforts on the last album. We sped it up a bit and added some lyrics we already had after a band meeting voted against him. It was a bit sad though, so I put my arm around him and gave him a pep talk. It's Easter time and Dave had the most Easter eggs again. Rod bought us all an egg as a bonus. I had a peppermint arrow one. The egg's minty and all, so that's nice. It's a bit different. Nico had a Rolo egg. He says he only loves himself enough to have the last one. He offered it round to each of us before eating it himself. Laugh, I almost whipped myself. What a character. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Can I Play With Madness was the first single from the album. And, of course, the first single means we get a Derek Riggs sleeve and we get the idea of what the new Eddie might look like. I didn't like this when it came out. It had just Eddie's head and a fist was going through it, causing splinters to come out of it. It didn't seem to be attached to anybody, so it didn't tell me anything. It looked like it smashed him up. Um, I could see now that it was designed to be crazy and mad, like the theme of the song. And I didn't know about surrealism then even though I hung around with Trevor. On the top of the sleeve was a spoon that was being used to get yellow liquid out of his head. So it was like a bowl with syrup in it, which I thought was a good idea for merchandise. Maybe like a a bowl to eat your porridge out of. Or, because the single came out around Easter time, it looked like a cream egg. So Eddie's face was a chocolate shell with a gooey yellow cream mixture inside. Now because of this, I immediately drew some designs for Iron Maiden Easter eggs with Eddie the Ed as a theme. I wrote a letter to the band with a signed felt tip pen picture, but they didn't answer me. As it was a new single, I remember listening to the Top 40 chart on Radio 1 with Bruno Brooks, of course, and it counted down, and as time went on, there was no Iron Maiden. I thought I'd made a mistake. This was strange. All their singles before had got to number 11 at best, and maybe early 20s, since I'd been paying attention anyway. But then when he got to the Top 10, and he still hadn't played it, I thought they'd missed it, or maybe they'd read it out and didn't play it, which happens sometimes. Eventually, it was played, because it had entered at number four. This was amazing. It had beaten Run to the Hills, which was their previous best, at number seven. I was delighted. I went to school on the Monday, with my head held high. I felt justified that Iron Maiden were great and popular. And I wanted this when I saw the Daily Thompson advert for LucasAid, which played Phantom of the Opera, and people didn't pay attention then. They ignored me. But seeing Iron Maiden in the top five of the chart, that did make people notice. Thomas Spencer shared his smelly felt-tick pens with me. Even Caroline Blissett was impressed. But I felt like people were looking at me in the playground saying, there's that boy who likes Iron Maiden. They were even in Smash It magazine that year. Next week, they went one better and jumped to number three in the charts, behind Bross and Aswad. Then they went down the next week, but not a big drop, number five. So they'd been in the top five for three weeks. Then, sadly, it did drop, and it went to number 18 from then. So that was it. They released a good video for it that people also spoke about. Um, It was uh, Graham Chapman from Monty Python was in it. And it was about this group of school children on a trip drawing some architecture, like these ruins, and uh, he's looking at what they're drawing. And then one student who's got a mullet and a copy of the latest fan club magazine, draws Eddie in the sky. 
And the teacher's a bit annoyed about this. But then he uh, takes the magazine, starts reading it. But then we actually do see Eddie in the sky, sort of appear with some cutting-edge animation. Although I think it's a bit dated now. The teacher's reading the magazine and then walks off. But uh, as he's reading, he falls down a hole and ends up with this tunnel where he finds loads of weird things and some TV showing Iron Maiden. I was always disappointed because I never saw the end of the video. When we got to the guitar solo, they'd cut back to the presenters on top of the pops. And then there was also a program called The Chart Show, which was based on sort of the theme of a video itself. So when it got near to the end of the song, it would fast forward it as if, you know, you've seen enough, get to the next one. So I never saw the end bit until recently on YouTube. I think overall it is a very good video, but probably of its time now. I'm sure they could do a lot better today. But they always seem to put themselves in it playing live, which I suppose is their best environment. I think people liked it because uh, the acting and the effects. And compared to the two minutes to midnight video, this is Oscar worthy. As Steve Harris mentioned in his diary, the song originated as an Adrian Smith song called On the Wings of Eagles, which was a ballad. Now, I'm not sure how Adrian felt with this being taken away from him, artistic control of his work. I imagine it was a bit like when he wanted Yannick to climb the beanstalk, yet others wanted him to go back down and have some crab pay sandwiches. But Adrian just gets on with it. Maybe this incident helps him think about quitting the band. A lot of people have wondered what this demo sounded like of On the Wings of Eagles. Luckily, I've managed to get a copy of it. On the wings of eagles We fly together into the stars On the wings of eagles It makes me want to cry Hurrah! On the wings of... I had a message from Dennis Stratton this week. It's time to put on your talcum powder and red leather trousers It's time to go Beyond the stratosphere Bringing your eyes Fray bentos pies In a world full of magic So don't you stray When you reach the stratosphere It's time to go Beyond the stratosphere it's time to go Beyond the stratosphere La 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 Hello Wayne, Dennis Stratton here We're getting to the late 80s now A strange time of soft rock and pop with those beats I'd rather a crush on Belinda Carlisle at this point Although I don't mention her now now that the Go-Go's got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Iron Maiden were over me by now, of course. They'd long moved on, singing about profits while making profits. <laughs> Can I play with Madness? A top three hit in the UK, although I'm not sure why. It was good, but not as good as previous singles. I think you had to sell fewer copies to get in the top ten in 1988. Not like the time we released Women in Uniform. I'm glad things are reopening in the UK, Wayne. I went to the library the other day. I used to like the smell of libraries and the books, but wearing a mask ruins it. The man at the door asks you what you want when you go in. I said I only wanted to browse and borrow some books. 
I think he might have been suspicious of the large hold-all I was carrying, but it only had some supplies in it. Anyway, well done for getting this far again, Wayne. Series 7. Uh, take care, and I'll speak soon. Dennis. Later on in the song, after the solo, which is alright, but it's a solo for a single, so it's not as intricate or as glorious as some previous solos. There's a bit where Bruce says, he sort of laughs and he goes, listen to me, said the prophet, as if reading it from a book. I don't like this, uh, and I don't care what Brucey Babe says about it. I think overall, I'm not really fussed about the song, which is a bit strange to say. I've learned a term where kids say, it's a bit meh, and I feel that about the song, which I still feel is a bit harsh, because it is quite decent, but that's it. If I look at the list of the singles of the 1980s, or even the songs on this album, it's not one I'd be desperate to play. Let's see what Trevor thinks, so uh, let's give him a ring now. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I had a good morning. I had a cereal mix-up. What does that mean? Well, when you run out of cereal, and then the box is finished, but you haven't got enough in the bowl, you have to start another box. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but sometimes it's a different cereal, so you can mix it up. Isn't that called a cereal cocktail? No, a mix-up. So why can't you do that normally? You could just put different ones in the bowl whenever you like. Yeah, no, but that's not allowed. You have to wait till the end, and then you get all the bits at the end as well, which are quite nice with the milk. It creates like a mush. OK, well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, any thoughts on the song Can I Play With Madness? I don't think I've talked to you enough about cereal mix-ups yet. You might want to know what my favourite mixes are. Well, I don't think I do. I don't see how that's relevant to the song. Maybe the listeners would like it. You had more comments about crab paste sandwiches than any of your analysis last week. All right. Well, OK, well, what's your favourite mix then? I quite like shreddies and Rice Krispies because you can have the shreddies as rafts in the milk and then the Rice Krispies can be little people on the raft sort of sailing along. Wayne? Okay, well, I'm, I don't know why you bothered carrying on. That's that's not helped you in any way. I think that's just making you lose credibility. Anyway, I've got some questions from the listeners to you this week and some comments, so that's good. Okay. So, right, first of all, uh, Alejandra was a bit annoyed by the rhyme where it says, unbeliever, and then he says, me, I'm neither. So she feels he could have said, me, I'm neither. So what do you think about this? Well, I think he's right. I think I like the fact he changes it. Me, I'm neither. It's, it's clever. You expect neither. And I think you say neither anyway, don't you, in conversation? What's the difference between neither and either? Why don't we say either? I think some people might say either instead of either, and neither instead of neither. I think it's easier to say neither if it's at the start of a sentence, like in the Shakespeare quote, neither a lender nor a borrower be. Well, surely it's just neither, isn't it? Anyway, I thought Shakespeare didn't exist. That was something I said. It was a theory. I didn't say I believed it. There are plays by William Shakespeare. They do exist. So if you use a quote, it's a quote from Shakespeare, whoever Shakespeare may have been. All right, well, I'm just sort of bringing up your facts about Shakespeare. Oh, how about I bring up your facts about Shakespeare? Once you said Shakespeare wasn't in the Bible, I think everyone knew that. All right. Well, I think I was talking about the olden days, just clearing it up in case there's any confusion. Lots of think we educate people. In fact, Andrew Whitnell did say you educated him this week in a comment about your flags, although you didn't educate him about flags. It was about assonant rhymes. But anyway, yeah, 
He was commenting again on your Eurovision flags and he said he was disappointed that you didn't use crayons to make the flags. You just sort of used printouts and your special laminator that you kept going on about. Yeah, what I would have liked to use fancy pens and do flags and I might have done that in the past, but now I use a special laminator. Why do you use a special laminator? Because it was a, a gift from Pamela, so I had to use it. A gift? Yeah. You got a special laminator? Is that why it's special? Because it's from Pamela? Yeah, it's a special laminator. I don't think... Is that what people do now? Romantic gifts extend to laminators? No, it's a special laminator. Or I don't get it. Well, why would you? You're, you're single. Yeah, but a, a laminator, that's, that's not something you, you think of when you think of romantic gifts. What do you think of as a romantic gift? I don't know. Trinkets. Trinkets? Yeah. What, like bric-a-brac? No, not like bric-a-brac. Right, anyway, let's move on from this. I'm sick of these arguments. What do you think about Can I Play With Madness? Yeah, I think it's a good single. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. I think it's condensed nicely into the time. There's enough there. Some typical Iron Maiden features. Um, and yeah, I like the lyrics. And I think it just it's a nice point of the album to throw in a single. Okay, so I've got the three questions for you after you complained last week. Um, so first question is... Is this a better single than Run to the Hills? I don't know. I think it did better in the chart, but I don't think it is. I think Run to the Hills is better. Okay. Second question is, uh, Can I Play With Madness, the title, contains two bands, which is German experimental rock band Can and the nutty urban two-tone baggy-trousered popsters Madness. Who do you like best, Can or Madness? Well, I think I like Madness better. Um, I know their songs more. I don't like their videos as a boy. I don't know much about Can. I prefer the band Noi. Noi? Yeah, they're German. A bit more hypnotic than Can. Never heard of them. How do you spell that? N-E-U. Is that new? No, Noi, because it's German. I don't know them. Oh, well, they're known for pioneering the motoric beat. It's like a minimalist rhythm associated with krautrock artists. And their works have a widespread influence on genres such as electronica and punk. Are you reading this from Wikipedia? No. OK, third question. Is Black Bart Blues a good song? Yeah, it is. I like it. OK, I better explain that Black Bart Blues is uh, the B-side to Can I Play With Madness. Yeah, I know. I'm talking to the listeners, not you. Oh, well, I thought you were explaining it to me. Anyway, yeah, I like the song. Uh, I think if you take away the cheeky bits either side, it's quite a solid one. Of course, you mentioned the Nico bits in the Still Life episode. That's right, yeah, Nico goes a bit crazy at the end, doesn't he? Starts messing about a bit. Okay, as usual, we've got a slot for your poem. Uh, have you got one this week? Yeah, I have. I've uh, used the title and I've changed the words a bit. Okay, sounds good. When you read done? Can I bathe in Magnus? The prophet stared at this naked man. I like to bathe in cider, poured out freshly from a can. Can I bathe in Magnus? The prophet looked and he laughed at me. I said, what are you laughing at? And get out of my bathroom, will ya? So you've changed, can I play with Magnus to can I bathe in Magnus? Which, if you didn't know from the poem, is a brand of cider. Yeah, I thought it was clever. 
Well, I didn't. It was, again, a waste of time. No, it wasn't. It was an interesting situation, and we need to know how to react in those circumstances. What if there's a man standing over you in the bath? How often does that happen in your life? I'm not saying. Okay, so I don't need to analyse this poem much. Um, basically, it's just about you bathing in some cider and getting annoyed about some prophet looking at you in the bathroom, which is understandable. Yeah, I think it's good. I think you have to wonder why he was laughing. Was he laughing at my body? Um, don't know, maybe he was. Uh, my God, self-conscious. This didn't happen, though, did it? What do you mean? You, d- you didn't bathe in some cider and then have some man looking at you and laughing. This isn't some sort of strange hobby. Well, I, I can't reveal that. You have to make your own mind up in my poetry. I don't think it did. I think I think it's a bit far-fetched. Anyway, OK, thanks for that. Next week we've got The Evil That Men Do, which is uh, the last song on side A, but another single, so looking forward to that. So I'll speak to you next week, Trevor. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. Right, you can find me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. And you can find me in other places as well. Just look for Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. Not surprise you where I pop up. I've had some more messages. Uh, one of them from Mr Punctuation, who isn't a Mr Man. But uh, he might be a relative of Mr Anagram, who's been in touch before. And Mr Punctuation says that Can I Play With Madness doesn't have a question mark, and yet it should have. It doesn't have one in the title of the song, or on the lyrics, in the lyric sheet inside the album. Why is this, Wayne? He asks. And I don't know this. Um, it probably should have. But... Uh, Yeah, I suppose sometimes things that sound like questions might not be questions, and that's why they don't put a question mark. So things like, have I got news for you? Or do I not like that? They could be questions, but without a question mark, they're statements. So maybe I made and thought that this was a statement, even if it is a question. I hope that's clarified matters. I've not mentioned the back of the sleeve of the single, where Iron Maiden are photographed wearing like a football kit, but the top is like a straight jacket because you can't see the hands. It's like a white straight jacket with red tight 1980s shorts. I had a question about this from Diamonds Are Forever. And he or she asks, did Trevor customise his Poland Sabutio team to look like this? Now I should have asked him this, but I know the answer. And it's no. Because if you wanted this effect, you'd have to bend the arms in and that would snap them. So that'd be silly. Or alternatively, you'd have to paint the arms and, and hands white, which would also look a bit silly. So, uh, no, I don't think anyone would have done this. I don't think Trevor had the Poland team anyway. So that's Can I Play With Madness, a short and snappy single. Yeah, pretty good, uh, but yeah, not up there with the best for me. I think it's a bit of a change of mood on the album, because the previous two songs were quite serious, yet this is quite upbeat, despite the subject matter. It's almost jaunty. Next week we've got another single, The Evil That Men Do. So I hope to see you then. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I'll leave you with some Can I Play With Madness. Bye-bye. <laughs>